Welcome to the Darrell McLean Show. I'm your host, Darrell McLean, and let's get into our episode. Is fully listener supported independent media that won't lead you to tribalism. You can get a membership for as little as three dollars a month at www.patreon.com slash the Darrell McLean Show. We talk about a lot of serious topics on this show. One very serious topic is women's health. One company that stood out to me was vslay.com because the owner is very transparent about her own struggles in the women's health department and has great customer service, great deals, and frequent sales. You can check her out, her great customer service, products about women's health, and frequent sales at www.vslay.com. That is www.vslay.com. We have a two-party system. The Democratic Party, which is a party of no ideas, and the Republican Party, which is a party of bad ideas. And the way it works is the Republican stands up in Congress and goes, I got a really bad idea. And the Democrat says, and I can make it shittier. Welcome to the Darrell McLean Show. I'm your host, Darrell McLean. Today is uh, Friday, May the 5th. I forgot to tell you guys yesterday, May the 4th be with you. But either way, let's get into this show. In a rare, rare moment of bipartisanship, uh, AOC, uh, the congresswoman from New York, and Matt Gates, the congressman from Florida, has introduced a bipartisan bill to ban Congress members from trading individual stocks. The bipartisan group of lawmakers introduced a bill that would ban members from trading the stocks. The Democrat Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Republican Matt Gates co-sponsored the bill, which would also limit spouses of congressional midgets from trading as well. Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul Pelosi, has long been scrutinized for his extensive history of trading stocks. So a rare show of bipartisanship was on display in Washington, D.C. on Tuesday as the Democrat Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and the Republican Matt Gates introduced the bill to ban congressional lawmakers from trading stocks. The bipartisan Restoring Faith in Government Act 
would prohibit Congress members and their spouses and any dependents from trading individual stocks. The bill was co-sponsored by AOC and Gats, as well as the U.S. House Representative Brian Fitzpatrick and Raja Karisnamith. Uh, lawmakers trading stocks have come under intensifying scrutiny in recent years as some Congress members have made timely trades in certain stocks that may have had direct influences over our access to sensitive information as a result of various committees that they serve on. So Democratic Representative Nancy Pelosi and her husband Paul Pelosi have long been scrutinized for their extensive stock trading done by Paul Pelosi. Quote, we must move forward on issues that unite us, including our firm belief that trust in government must be restored and that members of Congress, including the dependents, must be prohibited from trading stocks while they are serving in Congress and have access to sensitive inside information, Fitzpatrick said in a joint statement. Some trades that raised eyebrows in recent years includes former Senator Richard Burr selling as much as $1.7 million in stock on February 13, 2020, after he was briefed on the threat of the COVID-19 virus. More recently, some members have sold stocks during this uh, initial collapse of Silicon Valley Bank back in March. Here's another quote. The ability to individually trade stocks erodes the public trust in government when members have access to classified information. We should not be trading in the stock market or on it. It's really that simple. That comes from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Now, this bill will prevent congressional lawmakers and their spouses and dependents from trading individual stocks. If the bill passed, they would have 90 days to either divest the stocks or place the assets in a qualified blind trust in which they had no control over what stocks are bought or sold in the account. Instead of owning the individual stocks, Congress members would be allowed to buy and sell baskets of stocks via mutual funds or ETFs as well as Treasury sec Securities. Members of Congress are spending their time trading futures instead of securing the future of fellow Americans. We, we cannot allow the swamp to prioritize investing in stocks over investing in the country. As long as concerns about insider trading hang over the legislative process, Congress will never again regain the trust of the American people. Now, that is a statement from the Florida representative, Matt Gates, and I agree in this wholeheartedly. This really should be a common sense thing, you know. You are getting inside information about businesses making certain dealings before the general public has it. As a matter of fact, sometimes you are actually making laws that are going to pertain to benefit or hurt a certain business sector, of course, you shouldn't be able to benefit from that insider information. I don't see why this has been seen any differently than insider trading would be seen if you were working at some type of firm. Um, I'm, I'm very interested to see what people think about it, whether they think this is a good thing. Of course, um, you got my opinion on it. I think this is great. I think it does go to put a little bit of trust back into the public. Uh, we got a little bit more talking about some corruption and our the view or what looks like to be corruption. And when it comes to the courts, um, 
both liberals and conservatives. So before I get to that, I'll just say that on today, the numbers have come out in the U.S. economy added 253,000 jobs in the month of April, faster uh, than expected. It has far exceeded the expectations of 180,000 new jobs, according to the new Labor Department data that came out today. The unemployment rate also remained historically low, which was currently at 3.4%, and wage gains came in slightly better than expected, hitting 4.4% higher than a year earlier. So what it means is that the job data puts pressure on the Federal Reserve to keep interest rates high. Fair Chairman Jerome Powell has said that he clo- is closely monitoring the job and wage gains when uh, waging and continued war against sky-high inflation and a possible recession. The, is- the latest uh, interest rate hike, which happened uh, earlier this week, brought rates to a 16-year high after a 10 increases in the past 14 months. Uh, avoiding a recession, in my view, is more likely than having a recession, Powell told reporters. Uh, but I don't rule out that out either. It's possible that we have a mild recession. Now, what that means for 2024 is basically the strong job data could be great news for uh, the current president, President Biden, in his bid for re-election. Biden quickly touted the news on Twitter after the labor's release. That's 12.7 million jobs since I took office, an employment rate that is the lowest since 1969 and the highest share of working age people in the workforce since 2008, he wrote. My plan to invest in America is working. So that is at least that. When it comes to the other corruption that uh, we were going to talk about, it is the not just the Clarence Thomas thing, but we're going to get on that. But Clarence Thomas problems at the court just seems to multiply at the Supreme Court. So the Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas is facing a new fresh round of scrutiny after the third blockbuster report in less than a month links him to financially to the GOP mega donor Holland Crow. So ProPublica reported Thursday that Crow, a Dallas-based real estate developer, paid thousands of dollars in tuition to a private boarding school for Thomas's great nephew, whom Thomas had raised as a son. Federal ethics law requires the justices to report gifts given to the dependent child, but that the term is defined to only include the justice's children or stepchildrens. Thomas allies have intensified the uh, are insisted that the payment doesn't violate the disclosure law since it was for Thomas's sister's grandson. Now, today's report continues a steady stream of uh, revelations which are calling the ethics standards and practices into questions of the justices. Now, I hope that the chief justice understands that something must be done, that the reputation and credibility of the court is at stake. Now, that statement comes from the Senate Judiciary Committee chairman, uh, the Democrat Dick Durbin, and he said that in a statement. Now, when asked during a serious XM interview about impeaching Thomas, however, Durbin said no. He noted that the only one justice, Samuel Chase, had been impeached previously, and Chase was acquitted in the Senate for that impeachment, and that was back in 1805. I don't think impeachment is in the works, particularly with the House in a political situation that it is today, Durbin said. The briefing with uh, Steve Scully was uh, where you can listen to that show if you want to. So Senator Richard Blumenthal, another Democrat, 
and a, judi- and a judiciary co- uh, committee member argued that the matter should be referred to the Department of Justice. There's a potential criminal violation in misreporting our failure to report certain benefits, gifts, and financial transactions. There's just a drip, drip, drip of additional information that is gravely undermining the court, but also creating the need for a full factual investigation, Plymouthal said. If the Justice Department fails to do so, Congress definitely has a role, he added. Thomas did not return a request for comment through a court spokesperson. Later on Thursday, the Washington Post reported that Leandro or Leandro or Leonard Lowe, a conservative judicial activist who played a key role in the Supreme Court's rightward shift, directed tens of thousands of dollars should be paid to Thomas's wife, Gina Thomas, or Gina, roughly a decade ago. Lowe requested that she not be named in the paperwork, according to the Post. Jenna Thomas, a conservative activist herself, has long insisted that she doesn't talk about the court's business with her husband. Now, the Judiciary Committee, Democrats have been hamstrung on taking actions regarding the court, including a potential subpoena for Chief Justice John Roberts. He declined an invitation for Durbin to appear at Tuesday's hearing on Supreme Court's ethics, noting that it is exceedingly rare for a Chief Justice to give testimony. That could change if Senator Dianne Feinstein, the Democrat of California, who has been absent for months due to shingles, we talked about that, uh, returns once again to give Democrats a 11-10 majority on the panel, though even the subpoenaing the Chief Justice the Supreme Court would be an extraordinary step. So Thursday's ProPublica report was the latest financial transaction involving Thomas and Crow to come to light. The investigative uh, outlet last month reported Thomas had accepted luxury trips from Crow, including flying on a private jet without disclosing the travels. ProPublica also reported that Crow had purchased real estate from Thomas's mother that Thomas had an interest in. The definition of insanity is seeing the same Supreme Court justice violate ethic rules over and over again and expecting him to actually hold himself accountable, said Sarah Lipbaum Lubit, president of the Take Back the Court Action Fund said in a statement, how many more examples of Thomas flouting disclosure rules do our elected leaders need to see before they intervene? Thomas needs to answer for his misconduct. It's time to subpoena him. Republicans, on the other hand, indicated little willingness to wade into the waters uh, related to the justices who have served on the court for 32 years. They say this is an issue for the Supreme Court to deal with and not something that requires congressional oversight. Interfering, they argue, would go against the separation of powers. The Supreme Court writes its own rules, and if they are in policing, those rules to be done. I don't think it ought to be done by them, Senator John Thune said, uh, the South the Democrat as well. The number two Senate Republican told reporters, I assume uh, that the uh, members of the court who have a high level of confidence in will make the decision, the right decision for justices on the court and for people who work at the Supreme Court in the same way. As we make for members of Congress, well, that was not a, I don't know know if I would have put it that way because, look, if you just heard the previous story, you can't even get the members of Congress to stop trading on stocks that they are no going to bang or bust. But anyway, Senator Mitt Romney, the Republican from Utah, who recently indicated that he was dismayed by reports of ethical issues for Thomas, said the court needs to make ethics changes. 
These revelations with regards to the number of justices, both those appointed by Republicans and Democrats, suggest that the court itself needs to evaluate what their disclosure rules are and the ethics rules are methods for enforcing those, Romney said. I presume that, that the justices will undertake that. Republicans have further portrayed the Thomas scrutiny as a double standards taking aim at the ethics of high courts, liberal justices. They actually noted that liberal justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg accepted an award in 2010 from the Women's National Democrat Club. They also pointed to liberal justice Sonia Sotomayor for not recusing herself when the court considered taking up two cases involving book publisher Penguin Random House, despite disclosing payments from the congressional uh, from the uh, conglomerate for her books. Conservative Justice Neil Gorsuch, who also received payments from the book, uh, publisher for his book, similarly did not recuse himself either. Politicians know that word. They use it on you. Politicians have traditionally hidden behind three things. The flag, the Bible, and children. No child left behind. No child left behind. Oh, really? Well, it wasn't long ago you were talking about giving kids a head start. Head start, left behind. Someone's losing fucking ground here. To keep sticking with this corruption stuff when it comes to uh, the courts, let me go to another story. Because now the conservatives, we have their time up and back. So the conservatives are uh, critical and criticizing the liberal Supreme Court justices for their ethics issues. So conservatives are criticizing the liberal Supreme Court justices over ethics issues following a series of reports that ties uh, the between Justice Clarence Thomas and major Republican donor. Thomas has been subject uh, to scrutiny uh, because of the... Harlan Crow, the real estate developer and billionaire who donated heavily to conservative causes and has paid for luxury trips and the justices for years, brought property for Thomas's and his family, covered tuition for private school, etc. Thomas did not disclose this, as I suggested last time, but the reports have led to criticism from Democrats over the lack of disclosure of ethics rules put in place for justice courts. Now, congressional Democrats have vowed to pursue new rules for the court, but conservatives have declared their opposition to these efforts and called out what they view as hypocrisy from Democrats who did not denounce gift and possible conflicts of interest with the liberal justices have had. So, the, the Daily Wire, a conservative-leading news outlet, reported on Wednesday a few instances in which Justice Sonia Sotomayor received money from a book publisher, Penguin Random House, for her book, but did not recuse herself from a case involving the publisher. She received $1.2 million in 2010 in advance from uh, Comte Domplay Publishing Group, which is a part of Penguin Random House. Uh, Nuff paid her an additional $1.9 million in 2012 in advance of her memoir coming out. The Daily Wire also reported that Sonia Sotomayor took part in a deciding whether the court could hear a case involving Penguin Random House in 2013. Aaron Greenspan versus Random House, the court ultimately decided against hearing the case, but then Justice Stephen Breyer, who reportedly had also received money from the publisher, recused himself from the case, uh, while Sotomayor did not. Now, Sonia Sotomayor was not the only justice who had a relationship with the publisher and did not recuse herself in a case involving Piglin and Random House. Another uh, uh, author, Ginya uh, Nakaska, uh, requested the court to hear a case she had against Penguin Random House and Viacom International in 2019. Now, Penguin and uh, Random House also is the publisher for 
Justice Neil Gorsuch's book, only Breyer recused himself when the court decided against hearing that case in 2020. Former Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg also received uh, criticism from Mark uh, Paletta, who served as counsel to the former Vice President Mike Pence and is a friend of Thomas over an award she received in 2010 from the Washington's National Democratic uh, Club, a Washington, D.C.-based organization that holds events and activities supporting the Democratic Party. Here, Justice Ginsburg accepted an award in 2010 from the Partisans Women National Democratic Club. I am unaware of any reporting of this at the time, uh, Paletto tweeted with a photo of Ginsburg receiving the organization's Eleanor Award. The award was named for former First Lady uh, Eleanor Roosevelt and is presented by to the leaders dedicated to humanitarian principles. Quote, I don't recall any members of the press at the time are since reporting that Justice Ginsburg was acting politically for accepting an award at the event, Polito wrote in the article, one uh, that he previously undisclosed gifts from organizations in January in the National Review. So I played that clip to tee up something that I'm going to let you hear how I'm going to end this thing in the, the late comedian uh, and provocateur you know, kind of made a lot of people think liberals and conservatives both the late George Carlin used to always have this bit that got very famous and uh, the bit was very long about four minutes but the, the line that would really get people was when he would say it's a big club and you ain't in it and I think that's what this means uh, when I looked through the, the story with Harlan Crow and Justice Thomas, I was trying to be charitable and say, you know, when you really look at the story, Justice uh, Thomas was doing something that was a very good thing. Uh, his sister's, our, our, you know, great sister, whatever, uh, son had some problems. And Clarence Thomas took the, the child in. And that's a good thing when you see uh, a family member able to extend a home to another family member because uh, some, some things are going on. What ended up... Stay with us. We'll be right back. It goes without saying that this show does not happen without listener support. Support the Darrell McLean show by going to www.patreon.com and getting a membership for $3. Or you can go to buzzsprouts.com slash the Darrell McLean show and hit the subscribe button and join there. Many ways to donate to the show. Independent media that won't reinforce tribalism. We have one planet. Nobody is leaving, so let us reason together. www.patreon.com slash the Darrell McLean Show or go to Buzzsprouts and to the Darrell McLean Show and subscribe. How this went wrong is the Harlan Crow portion of the story. When you get into it, it is not as if... That Holland Crow and Thomas were these lifelong friends like it would like to be seen. They actually did not have contact with each other until about two years after 
Thomas got on the Supreme Court. So that is what where things get interesting. Now, I'm not trying to say that you can't have friends once you become on the court. But what I am trying to say is when you look up those ethics rules and violations, it actually does not specifically only say that a rule needs to be violated, our ethics need to be violated. It actually goes into a little bit deeper. It says you cannot even have the image of any impropriety. There cannot be an image that any thing like this is going on. And unfortunately, it really does seem like it. the justices normally are, I, I, I guess, bought off like a lot of the other people seem to be bought off. The bought Congress, the bought Senate, the bought mayoral ships, the bought governorships, uh, the bought presidency, and I guess you could say the bought courts. And this does uh, help to erode trust in these institutions. You already have people with full knowledge of certain things like if you can get the right lawyer, you can evade or tie up the legal system well that's already known that you did that there's a pay for play system when it comes to certain court cases i think everybody knows that it's already known that there's a disparity between the way they treat uh blue collar and white collar criminals that's already known it is already pre-assumed by a lot of people that if you want to run for office uh, Crystal Ball famously tells a story that when she went to run, they told her to go through her phone, pick the top t- pick 10 people, and basically prove to them right then that she could come up with $100,000 before they would even consider uh, that candidacy. So that means that if you could even, you, you even have the goal to think that you're going to run for public office, there's, there's a barricade that's standing there too, which is money. And now what makes this whole thing seem the more egregious is once you get there and you should be doing things to protect the people and represent your constituents, it seems like a lot of these people, congressmen, senators, presidents, governors, mayors, are just lining their pockets and not worried about what happened. We're going to end the story or in this news cycle with uh, something I found rather interesting, and that is coming from the senator from Vermont, uh, Sanders' $17 minimum wage proposal. So Senator Bernie Sanders is creating a political headache for Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, the Democrat from New York. By pushing hard for a vote on a bill to raise the national minimum wage from seventeen uh, to seventeen dollars an hour, a proposal Senate Democrats are facing tough reelection races opposed in twenty twenty one. Now, Bernie Sanders, who remains very popular with the Democratic Party's progressive ways, warned Thursday that there would be a political consequences for lawmakers who oppose this effort. Quote. We're going to push at it as quickly as, or as hard as we can, Sanders show reporters at Thursday's press conference. Right now, we're focusing on making sure that we have the votes in the Senate and the House to raise the minimum wage, he said. I don't think there's a state in the country where people do not believe we should raise the minimum wage. I would hope that every member of Congress understands, and there will be political consequences if they don't. 
Sanders' proposal to raise the minimum wage from $7.25 an hour to a $17,000 an hour over the five years is an updated version of a proposal he pushed in 2021 to raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour, in which eight Senate Democrats voted against. The three of those senators face tough re-election races. So you got Senator Joe Manchin, the Democrat from West Virginia, John Teston, the Democrat from Montana, Kristen Sinema, the, the independent who used to be a Democrat from Arizona, who left the Democratic Party in December to become independent. So Schumer wants to protect his vulnerable colleagues from taking tough votes before the 2024 election when Democrats will have to defend 23 seats to keep their narrow Senate majority. Republicans, on the other hand, only have 10 seats up for re-election that year. So Manchin said in 2021 he would instead support raising the minimum wage to $11 an hour and indexing it for inflation. Tester at the time voiced concern about imposing a sudden and dramatic increase in the minimum wage. I think the minimum wage needs to come up, but I think we need to extend it out way before it hits that $15 figure, he said. And Sinema came under a storm of criticism that year for giving the Senate floor clerk a little courtesy and a thumbs down when she, a little curtsy, I'm sorry, and a thumbs down when she voted against adding the wage provision to the $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan. Uh, uh, Senator uh, Gene Shaheen, the Democrat for New Hampshire, Maggie Hassan, the Democrat for New Hampshire, Chris Coons, the Democrat for Delaware, Tom uh, Caper, the Democrat for Delaware, and Angus Kling, the Independent from Maine, also voted against that. Sanders said that last year he would consider supporting primary challengers against Manchin and Cinema. In the 2024 election cycle after they refused to support a change in the Senate's filibuster rule to pass the voting rights legislation. Manchin is not expected to face any serious challenge in the Democratic primary, but Cinema, if she runs for a second term, would do so as an independent and likely face a Republican and Democrat opponent in the general election. Sanders on Thursday declined to say whether he would support Rep. Uh, Ruben Gallego, the Democrat from Arizona, who is running for Cinema's seat, or another Democratic challenger in the Arizona Senate race. Neither Manchin nor Cinema have announced whether they will run for new terms. Schumer didn't schedule a vote on raising the minimum wage in the last Congress after Sanders' minimum wage proposal was blocked by the vote of 58 to 42. And the Democratic leader is not expected to schedule a vote before the next election on a $17 an hour minimum wage proposal that is likely to divide his caucus. It will muster the 60, the 60 votes needed to overcome a GOP filibuster and would have a little of no chance of passing the Republican-controlled House. Furthermore, voting... On a $17 an hour uh, national minimum wage proposal would carry political risk for vulnerable Democrat incumbents, including if they are running in Republican-leading states like Montana and West Virginia. The proposal is already drawing criticism from business allies, of course. The Employment Policies Institute, a nonprofit research organization that has been linked to the restaurant industry, says Sanders' proposal will result in 2 million jobs lost. Economists have demonstrated how harmful this unprecedented increase will be yet Sanders and his union allies are choosing political uh, politics over employees for bad policy. It's already been rejected by members of Sanders' own party, said Michael Saltzman. Now, uh, the funny thing is, is I, I, I find it very hilarious that the restaurant industry is complaining because if you paid attention to a, a very sad story that came out this week i may actually cover it on one of the next episodes the restaurant industry some of the big ones two mcdonald's have been cited 
because they were violating child labor laws. And when I mean violating them child labor laws, I don't mean like some 16-year-old were working hours that they shouldn't have worked. They, the kids were 10 years old. They're working at these factories, at these uh, fast food places. And some of these people were working, some of these children were working, and they were not even getting paid. So, of course, the fast food industry is going to be boo-pooing over the people trying to get wages when, of course, they when they can't treat the parents with indecency and with indignity, they want to go for the children because the 10-year-olds working the drive-thru and also working at the fryer, that they were found that out in that labor report, they weren't even getting paid. Some of them work, were working hours that they were not even supposed to be able to work, and some of the kids were even missing school because the McDonald's were scheduling them to work hours where they were supposed to be in school. That is... Uh, a, a failing of the system, a failing of holding it accountable. Uh, I, I think I say this so many times, I might as well get it tattooed on my head. The free market wants one thing, and it is the cheapest labor possible. I, there was a famous joke that uh, the comedian Chris Rock used to say, and it was somebody paying you the minimum wage is your boss basically saying, I would pay you less, but it is against the law. I'll see you on the next Jerome McLean show. Thank you for tuning in. See you on the next episode. You sit him down rationally, you talk to him about the low IQs and the dumb behavior and the bad decisions. Right away they start talking about education. That's the big answer to everything. Education. That's we need more money for education. We need more, more, more books, more teachers, more classrooms, more schools. Uh, we need more testing for the kids. You say to them, well, you know, we've tried all of that and the kids still can't pass the test. He says, ah, don't you worry about that. We're going to lower the passing grades. That's what they do in a lot of these schools now. They lower the passing grades so more kids can pass. More kids pass, the school looks good, Everybody's happy. The IQ of the country slips another two or three points. And pretty soon, all you'll need to get into college is a fucking pencil. Got a pencil? Get the fuck in there. It's physics. And everyone wonders why 17 other countries graduate more scientists than we do. Education! Politicians know that word. They use it on you. Politicians have traditionally hidden behind three things. The flag, the Bible, and children. No child left behind. No child left behind. Oh, really? Well, it wasn't long ago you were talking about giving kids a head start. Head start, left behind. Someone's losing fucking ground here. But there's a reason. There's a reason. There's a reason for this. There's a reason education sucks. And it's the same reason that it will never, ever, ever be fixed. It's never going to get any better. Don't look for it. Be happy with what you got. Because the owners of this country don't want that. I'm talking about the real owners now. The real owners. The big, wealthy business interests that control things and make all the important decisions. Forget the politicians. The politicians are put there to give you the idea that you have freedom of choice. You don't. You have no choice. You have owners. They own you. They own everything. They own all the important land. They own and control the corporations. They've long since bought and paid for the Senate, the Congress, the state houses, the city halls. They got the judges in their back pockets. And they own all the big media companies, so they control just about all of the news and information you get to hear. They got you by the balls. They, they spend billions of dollars every year lobbying, lobbying to get what they want.
Well, we know what they want. They want more for themselves and less for everybody else. But I'll tell you what they don't want. They don't want a population of citizens capable of critical thinking. They don't want well-informed, well-educated people capable of critical thinking. They're not interested in that. That doesn't help them. That's against their interests. That's right. They don't want people who are smart enough to sit around the kitchen table to figure out how badly they're getting fucked by a system that threw them overboard 30 fucking years ago. They don't want that. You know what they want? They want obedient workers. Obedient workers. People who are just smart enough to run the machines and do the paperwork and just dumb enough to passively accept all these increasingly shittier jobs with the lower pay, the longer hours, the reduced benefits, the end of overtime, and the vanishing pension that disappears the minute you go to collect it. And now they're coming for your social security. Security money. They want your fucking retirement money. They want it back so they can give it to their criminal friends on Wall Street. And you know something? They'll get it. They'll get it all from you sooner or later because they own this fucking place. It's a big club and you ain't in it. You and I are not in the big club. By the way, it's the same big club they use to beat you over the head with all day long when they tell you what to believe. All day long, beating you over the head in their media, telling you what to believe, what to think, and what to buy. The table is tilted, folks. The game is rigged. And nobody seems to notice. Nobody seems to care. Good, honest, hard-working people. White collar, blue collar, doesn't matter what color shirt you have on. Good, honest, hard-working people continue. These are people of modest means. Continue to elect these rich cocksuckers who don't give a fuck about them. They don't give a fuck about you. They don't give a fuck about you. They don't care about you at all. At all. At all. And nobody seems to notice, nobody seems to care. That's what the owners count on, the fact that Americans will probably remain willfully ignorant of the big red, white, and blue dick that's being jammed up their assholes every day. Because the owners of this country know the truth. It's called the American dream, because you have to be asleep to believe it. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Of course, if you want to support the show, you can do so by going to www.patreon.com and getting a membership for as little as $3 a month. Again, that's www.patreon.com slash The Darrell McLean Show. Show is fully listener-supported, independent media that won't lead you to tribalism. Get a membership and support independent media at www.patreon.com slash The Jerome McLean Show.